0: Okay, ready.
1: What do you call a sweet potato in the highway?
0: Oh, I'm trying to get it.
1: A traffic yam.
0: A traffic yam! Oh no! That was a good one.
1: That Ah, was a good one. (laughs) And with that, here we are back with another episode of the Be Bold Podcast after a busy Ash Wednesday week. My name is Jacob and I'm the Associate Director at Camp Tomashinga.
0: I'm Liz Kocher. I'm Associate Pastor at First Lutheran Church here in Manhattan. So here on the Be Bold podcast, uh, we are exploring the theme of vocational discernment. This is a ministry and part of the Be Bold campaign, which is a partnership with Camp Tomashinga, the Central State Synod, and the Oklahoma-Arkansas Synod. And so we take young people on a bold journey of discernment, uh, bold standing for begin, own, learn, and do. We help young people begin this journey of discernment through programs either at camp or through congregations. Uh, We help them own their stories, own who God has made them to be. We help them learn about opportunities for service both within and outside of the church, and then we help them do the things that they are called to do.
1: On the Be Bold podcast each week, we sit down with a person who has quite the story of vocation to tell and share. Um, and this week, that person is Cassidy Perry. Um, she is the founder of the Arise Box, um, which is a subscription box that's. A sp- supports human trafficking it doesn't support human trafficking it supports supports the people that have been trafficked
0: yes it is an advocacy program um and she also uh, does education um and information about how human trafficking has affected different communities
1: so enjoy well uh so what is your job as I introduce you.
2: Sure. Um. So I work part time doing um, on the communications team at Vineyard Church, and then I am the founder of the Arise Box. So I pretty much it's a one man show right now, but
1: for for the Arise Box. Mhm. That's awesome. And how did you get started doing that?
2: It started off, um, I mean, the long story is it started off in college and then trying to figure out what can I actually do about this big problem. And it got to the point of, I am tired of waiting for the perfect like thing to fall in my lap to do something big. So care packages were something small that I could start doing and, um, then the subscription box came along after that to like help people get more involved with like, oh, here's a small thing you can do that actually has a
0: big impact.
1: Yeah, that is super awesome. Before we dive way too deep in that, why don't you tell me, Cassidy, a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, all those kinds of things. Sure.
2: Um, I grew up in Kansas City and then um, went to college several different places, but ended up graduating in California then coming back Um, and how I is kind of an interesting question I haven't heard that one Um, I mean I grew up in church and kind of had a general sense of like I knew I wanted to do something that helped other people and I just never knew what that was and I'm still figuring it out like it's still an ongoing journey of like what does it look like for one life to impact another person's life
1: Mm, yeah yeah if you, if somebody asked you that question right now, what would you, how would you answer that?
2: The question of uh, how does one person's life impact another?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's something that's changed as you've gone yeah. through your journey. But at this point, right now, where do you think that is?
2: Um, for a long time, I think I thought it had to be really formal, like it had to be part of my job title. Um. And I still want that just for my specific um, life. Like, I want my work to be something impactful. But I also am starting to learn, like, there's a huge impact just in talking to another person and really listening to them and then encouraging them with, like, oh, God has gifted you with this or, like, I see this amazing character quality in you. And just helping people see the value and the good that they have inside themselves, that God's placed there, and um, so that they feel more encouraged to walk that out.
1: Yeah, that's super awesome, and really even better that you say that, because all the be bold stuff we do out at camp is really encouraging, Mm -hmm. and um, trying to bring out those gifts in other people, Um, so it's awesome that through what you do, it's kind of the same mission, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you do the Arise Box, and what Kind of people does that help?
2: So the um, the subscription box itself helps fund care packages um, that go to human trafficking survivors. Right now, they're all based in America, and um, they I usually just save them all up and then send them right around Christmas time. And so I've just partnered with Safe Homes, and um, I just call and ask how many girls do you have right now, and Do you guys want some care packages? Um, And then the subscription box itself is filled with things that are doing something good in the world. So if it's ethically made or helps people, you know, use less like plastic or if it's uh, giving back in some way, then I try to help show people other ways to, to shop and make an impact. And if they're passionate about, you know, zero waste, then try to have something represented that helps them go further in that.
1: That is so awesome, Cassidy. Um, what kind of gave you the idea? You said you just wanted to help people, and this is something small. Um, but I feel like there had to have been somebody or something else that happened in your life that pushed you in this direction, and specifically to helping those who have been trafficked. Mm, um,
2: there's been a lot of people, honestly, and it's a lot of like I think part of why I think it's important to be there for somebody else in a small way, is a lot of people in my life may have just said one or two things that helped me take a step. And I I can't point to one particular person that was like, they gave me this idea because it was this mixture of years of hearing like, first I was just helping out a friend who let me go to a documentary video watching thing that I was introduced to human trafficking. And then years later, somebody else mentioned like, you know, care packages are something that survivors really need. And then somebody else was talking about like, what does it look like to give people just a moment of fun and like just something that helps them relax a little bit? Um, which a lot of the stuff in the care packages tries to balance like practical needs and like, hey, you're still a person. Like, you might enjoy this.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: um, yeah. So it's been it's been a mix of things.
1: That's really cool. Did you have a business background from college or is this something you just kind of picked up on the fly?
2: Um, I don't, my degree is actually public relations and journalism. And then, um, my, my parents have owned small businesses like that kind of were a blend of like a hobby and a business. So I've had the idea in my head of like, Oh, this is a thing. Like you can just start something and, and do it. Um, but now I'm learning, like, okay, how do I take the, the baby steps of, like, okay, we're breaking even. How do we grow this? How do we expand it? How do you really, like, address the why behind everything in a really solid way so it's not just like, hey, buy this. It's cool, you know?
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Is you working at the Arise Box, is that, do you want that to be kind of your full income or do you always still want to work in the church? <sighs>
2: Um, A month ago, I would have said I wanted it to be my full income, Um, and I'm still, I would be fine with that, Um, because there's a lot more that I want to expand into, including like traveling and telling stories and um, doing some videos and stuff like that, but there is something nice about having your foot kind of in both worlds, where it's like there is some stability and community that you can have that doesn't just depend on like when you're running a business, it feels so much more pressure and like mm. it's hard to build a team around everything and there's something nice about just experiencing a team without having to be leading it.
1: Yeah. Um and you're the only person that does a rise box right now, right? Is that what you right said? Right now.
2: Yeah. My mom's been nice enough to help me out with like packing boxes or keeping receipts in a solid place but yeah most of it's uh, me.
1: yeah well you can't beat having family on your side know, that is right? that is always good have they been supportive through the whole journey of a rise
2: um i would s- yes and no like i think there's a it's it's an interesting like lack of understanding but there's a want to support So it's, we're really excited for you, but we don't get it. And um, that's part of why, like, right now I'm trying to make more connections with other business people and other people who want to do something similar, because that support and community in understanding each other, and at least being able to speak into, like, just because it's hard doesn't mean you need to quit. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, if something's not working, don't just quit, pivot, do something else. Like. Mm -hmm that kind of insight is helpful versus we support you, but we don't get it. So if it's not working to stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, when you were growing up, what kind of things did you want to be when you got older?
2: For a long time I wanted to be a teacher and then I substitute taught. <laughs> so that ended that dream. <laughs> um, Which is probably not fair because substitute teachers just, it's not the same, but, um, and then for a while, like, it was just this vague idea of like, I don't know, I want to help people, but I don't know how to do that unless it's, I work at a nonprofit or I'm a teacher. Um, so I got into public relations in college because it was a mixture of being creative and strategic. And it's a lot about connecting other people and helping build bridges. Um, so that's what sparked my interest there, and that just ignited this, like, well, how how does helping people really look? Does it have to be I work at a nonprofit or I work at a church, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, you talk about part of what you try to do in your ministry is to show people that they have gifts from God um, and mm-hmm. really bring those out. What would you say that your gifts are that enable you to do such good work? Um...
2: I'm afraid I'm going to like come off boasty but um so I've been I try to be a very good listener and I try to listen with my whole self like there's a difference between hearing and then listening and trying to connect the dots for people of like hey you know a week ago you said this and like this really sparked your interest. Like, have you thought about doing that? And I think that kind of active listening and really investing in the other person is something that has come pretty naturally to me. Like, I think that's some a gift that I've
1: got. Definitely. That's really awesome. And I can see from just this conversation and maybe the one other time I've met you, I can really get that vibe that you're, you're that kind of person that's always there to listen and be there for somebody and support. So I'm really grateful for what you do in this community um it's awesome that there's people like you out there um if you had some advice for for a young lady or young man who's a little lost in growing up what would you give them and some advice to point them towards their gifts
2: that is a good question um i think it starts with a couple of things the first thing that comes to mind is, like, what sparks you? Like, you know how there are some things that just make you feel alive and you could do that thing forever and you lose track of time? Like, if you have something like that in your life, keep pursuing that and try to figure out, like, what is what does this look like as a career or as a hobby or, like, how could I continue doing that? Mm. Um, but then, like, for me, I... I never had i'm mediocre at a lot of things i'm not great at anything and i think for a long time that held me back because i thought i had to have like the thing that i'm fantastic at i'm better than everybody else at but i think being around other people and really starting to see like you're skilled at this and i'm skilled at this like let's work together that's I mean, being, feeling lost is a lot of trial and error. And there is an impatience that I feel sometimes because I'm like, oh no, I just turned 30. Like, I'm supposed to have X, Y, and Z figured out and I'm still not there. And it's almost this like timer is running out. But that's not the way God looks at things. And mm. that's something I'm struggling with learning. But like, if, if God takes the long run of here's what he wants to accomplish in your heart, that's so much, there's so much patience in that. Like, you don't have to have it figured out. You just have to keep trying and asking God, like, hey, is this something that I should do? Like, and try it out. And if it works, then great. But if it doesn't, like, pivot. Don't feel like you failed.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Cassidy, if somebody's interested in a rise Box and supporting those who have been trafficked... How can they find more information about what you do and get a box?
2: Yeah. So um the arisebox.com is where you can is the website. And then I hang out on Instagram pretty much. Uh, pretty much every week. But yeah, and the spring box just came out, so we've still got I think I've got six or seven left. So it's pretty good. I like it. I wouldn't be mad if it didn't sold sell out because then I just get the stuff. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for taking some time with us today.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: What an incredible human being Cassidy was. She had so much energy and love, and what really struck me, Liz, is her willingness to... She saw a problem, and she wanted to go out and do something, and she said she was tired of just waiting for it to happen.
0: Yes, yes. She, she said she didn't want to wait so she just went and made it happen and um, you know she I loved at one point she said I don't want to boast or be boasty and i just wanted to like i was like talking back to the recording of like no boast like yeah. you are doing amazing things like part of vocational discernment is lifting up your own gifts and she certainly um has a beautiful sense of her own gifts and her call and and so we just want to keep affirming the work that cassidy is doing yes So my job here on the Be Bold podcast is to take a look at the upcoming scripture readings and ask what these scripture readings have to say about vocational discernment. How does God's story weave with our own story of call? And so here we are, the second Sunday of Lent. And I just think that Cassidy's story is such a beautiful story to kick off this season of Lent. In her story and in her scripture readings, I kept catching this theme of small things making big impacts. Small things making big impacts. Lent is a season when we take time to intentionally reflect and repent, both individually and as a community. And so Lent is an opportunity to address the big, overwhelming brokenness of the world. And I thought of this poem that I've read several places, and it pulls from the Micah scripture readings. The poem goes, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. So in Cassidy's story, she encountered this overwhelming systemic sin that had manifested itself in human trafficking. This is a daunting, enormous sin. Restoring dignity and life to those who had their agency taken away, addressing the breakdown that leads people to stealing and abusing other people. like This is huge, heavy stuff. It can be tempting to either be so overwhelmed that we despair and see the situation as hopeless, or we find ourselves on the other side simply ignoring the problem. I think that's done with a lot of issues, uh, especially human trafficking. There's an unwillingness to see it and to see it to be a problem in our own communities. But Cassidy, she is an extraordinary disciple. In her vocational discernment, did neither of those things either despair or ignore. She instead realized the value of one small thing and believed in that small thing's power to make a difference. Now, I want to name that Cassidy's work is incredible, and I imagine a ton of time and work and energy is put into it, so it is not a small thing, but she names that a rise box is a small act, simply one care package for someone who has experienced the enormity of the world's grief or brokenness. And I affirm her belief that small acts make a huge impact. But that's the model that scripture reading gives us today. So Jesus in our gospel reading from Luke today shows us the power of simple words and simple actions. So this is Luke 13 verses 31 through 35. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, going through towns and teaching and healing And Luke tells us at that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Good for you, Salty Jesus. Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And so it's this intense story. So Jesus in our gospel reading from Luke today shows us the power of simple words and simple actions and that when those words and actions are oriented towards God's justice, those small things can make a big difference. Jesus is faced with a potentially difficult decision. The Pharisees, who by the way usually aren't his buddies, but Luke doesn't really give us an indication of their motive. So these Pharisees come to Jesus and tell him, hey, you better get out of here. The king wants to kill you. See, Herod is threatened by Jesus' power. Herod knows that his power is safe only in a system of injustice. The char- character of Herod in our story represents, as the poem says, the enormity of the world's grief. And Jesus is making a bold act of resistance in one small act, simply remaining on his path to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He doesn't incite violence. He doesn't amass an army to defeat Herod or call on, you know, great winds and storms and whatever power we seem from God to call on to defeat Herod. He instead knows that his small acts of ministry, healing individual people, staying on his walking path to Jerusalem, he knows that these acts will make all the difference. He also knows it's probably not going to go smoothly for him. He foretells his own death here. But as we are an Easter people, we know that these small acts that bring us to Jerusalem will bear the eternal, beautiful, world altering consequence of the resurrection. So, God also promises us that small acts can make a big difference in our Old Testament reading this weekend from Genesis. So, in this story, Abram, not yet Abraham, and I am looking at Genesis 15, verses 1 through 12 and 17 through 18. So in the story, Abram, not yet Abraham, is lamenting to God because God has promised him the inheritance of a whole people and land. And Abram believes God is not living up to God's end of the deal. Abram laments that he is no offspring and God tells him to go outside and count the stars, that each innumerable star will be a fulfillment of God's promise. Each star will be a descendant. It's beautiful. The author of Genesis takes us from this one small, seemingly insignificant family, Abram and Sarai, and immediately takes us up to the cosmic galaxies. It's this promise of what God can do. God can make the impact of one person multiplied to the breadth of the cosmos. And so that's what we see with Cassidy. In her vocational journey, she has seen how God has called her to make one small impact And she has faith and confidence to trust that it makes a difference. She's been guided by the principles of dignity and respect to know that in order to help heal people's bodies and lives, they must also have healing in their heart and soul. I personally was inspired by her confidence when she named how she sometimes worries like... I should have it figured out by now. Mm. Jacob, you ever experienced that? I know I certainly have. But then, of course, she realizes that God's plan for us doesn't work like that. I hear that same concern echoed in Abram's lament to God, like, shouldn't it be working out by now? And God, of course, reminds Abram and us that God's promises work on their own time, but always hold fast. So we are reminded in Scripture And by the witness of our contemporary disciples like Cassidy, that hearing God's call might bring you to one simple, perhaps small thing, but that these are the signs of God's love that make a huge impact. So now time for the challenge.
1: Good. I had warned
0: Jacob that the challenge, I have two challenges. One is a fun one. One is a tough one. We'll start with the tough one. Um, So my first challenge to you is to name honestly where those places of brokenness are in our own world. Lent is this time of repentance and reflection for communities. And so we must honestly name where that brokenness lies. Yeah. Any ideas? <laughs>
1: I think I'm glad you gave me a warning because this is such a big thing to think on. But yeah, one place where I really see this and I'm reading a Lenten devotional that speaks of this. Right on. Um, and just kind of where I see a lot of brokenness is in people's lack of communication and mm. lack of willing to communicate yeah. and they they see the other whether whether it's a conservative or, or mm. a liberal that's the other whether it's somebody that's homosexual that's the other and they're just the lack of willingness yeah. to communicate mm-hmm. and hear that story and yeah. um see see something else and mm-hmm. i think if we were able to find ways to communicate a lot of communities would be right. a lot better
0: Right, and that, I mean, that all comes down to seeing the image of God mm-hmm. in someone else. You know, yeah. it's hard for me to, well, sometimes it's hard for me to see the image of God in someone who, uh, you know, believes this certain way or, or votes this certain way or, you know, watches these certain news channels or whatever it is, um, and to remember, like, they're God's children, too. Yeah. Um, and so how might our stories be shared together? Definitely. What about you, Liz? What's... Well, I know here, I'm, I'm speaking from here in Manhattan, um, it, human trafficking, like Cassidy certainly addresses, um, is an issue that impacts our community here, um, especially uh, the nearby communities and towns that are a little closer to the interstate, but it, but it comes up here to Manhattan too. And and I see sometimes an unwillingness to recognize that that's a problem, sort yeah. of, well, here in our nice small town, um, and Manhattan is an absolutely lovely community, um, but no community is perfect, and so, um, you know, we have to name that that brokenness is still here i was also just frustrated um i have some folks uh in my life who are struggling with employment here in manhattan and finding jobs and finding themselves unable to get uh transportation to these jobs because the transit service in town only runs until 7 p.m which doesn't much do much good if you're at a store that's open till nine as many are and so um You know, there's just such limiting options, and and, um, it it economically holds the town back, it holds back these lives um, who who are trying to move forward and and make a better world for themselves, Um, and as I understand it, a lot of the lack of... uh, later transit is because of funding and also because of a fear of, like, well, crime happens after 7 p.m., which we just know is, is simply not how crime works. Um, and, uh, you know, so so right now there's kind of an unwillingness to see this as the problem that it is. Although there are wonderful groups in Manhattan who are trying to make a difference for that. Yeah. So let us name that as positive and And there's, there's hope for that. But, um, you know, in your own communities, um, you might see how racism manifests itself. You might see how sexism or, um, transphobia manifests itself. And, um, It does no good to ignore these problems, but also do not be uh, daunted by the enormity of those two um, because, uh, you know, you don't have to solve it all, nor are you free to abandon it. Yeah. You ready for the fun challenge?
1: I would love a fun challenge. Okay.
0: So my fun challenge is I encourage everyone sometime this week. It's spring. The weather's nicer. Um, Listen to God's instruction to Abram tonight and go out one night and look at the stars. Mm -hmm. God tells Abram when God is giving God's promise to like, go outside, take a moment, take a deep breath, look at the stars. And so I encourage you to let the simplicity of the stars and the complexity of the cosmos remind you that you are indeed one of God's beloved chosen disciples and that God is using you. Yes, you, listener. For a beautiful good. Mm.
1: That's great. I love that challenge. And I'm going to throw in a third challenge Woohoo! to sign your kid up for camp. Sign up for up camp. For camp. <laughs> uh, it's, it's about that time. We're less than 100 days away from camp. Yeah. Just uh, two and a half months away. Yeah. So camp spots are open. Um, our July is filling up a lot quicker than our June. So if you're the camper that wants to come to camp in July, um, let's start signing those up. And we're excited for another great week. Or, yeah, a week of having you and a whole summer of having a lot of kids. And we'd love to have you take part in what we're doing out at Camp Tomashinga. And with that. Happy Lent, everybody. Happy (laughs) Lent. Uh, Enjoy some warmer weather that's down this way. Um, Go out and enjoy the trees and the air and the stars.